Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Eye on the Future with your host, Lady Fontaine, co-host Dr. Jean Cirillo, Eileen Kwan, and Frank Todaro, special guest co-host Joanna Sanchez. This is Eye on the Future, and now, Lady Fontaine. I'm really excited about tonight because we do have like the full um, the full staff of all the co-hosts here. Um, Dr. Jean <laughs> has not actually dialed in yet, but um, last week you guys met Frank Tadaro, and he's done a phenomenal job in helping us to reorganize the show a bit. And this week I'm really really excited to introduce Eileen Kwan. She's the other half of the co-host <laughs> team, and Eileen is a very talented vocalist, and she also plays bass. And we affectionately call her the rock star, even though she gets mad at us for calling her that. But um, she's got a keen interest in the paranormal and the metaphysical, and she's also going to be co-hosting with us. And also back, as as Frank mentioned tonight, we are very privileged to have a very close friend of mine, the very beautiful and talented um, actress and producer Joanna Sanchez. So, guys, Happy New Year to everybody. And, Eileen, how was your vacation? You were out in the country for a while, huh? It was beautiful. I was there for about two and a half weeks, and I'm nice and brown, just to rub it in everybody's faces. We <laughs> were in winter weather. So, yes, it was lovely, and, and I'm glad to be back, though. So, no. Well, we are glad to have you, and I appreciate that you were keeping in touch when you were um, out of the country as well. I mean, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was my pleasure, Lady <laughs> Fontaine. Well, it's certainly it's certainly our pleasure having everybody here, and I appreciate. I honestly, I appreciate all the time and effort that everyone's been putting in, just to help us sort of get the flow right on the show, and everybody adjusting to everyone else's role. So I'm delighted. We also have Dr. Jean Cirillo, who hasn't yet dialed in, um, but I have a really important announcement because last week the show. Um, got such favorable reviews. I was getting emails left and right. I was getting, you know, phone calls from people who have been watching the show for a long time that are my clients. Basically, everybody was telling us that they love the show. They really love the very the two different perspectives between having, you know, my usual um, uh, feedback in and response to the callers who dial in, but also having Dr. Jean Cirillo, who's, you know, phenomenal psychologist. She's been on national TV shows. Um, and, you know, she's like the probably the creme de la creme of, of, you know, being a relationship expert. So basically, as I was saying, well, actually, we, we, we sort of announced last week that we were going to have a new, new show, um, Dr. Cirillo and myself. And we're still working out the details of all that. But in the meantime, Dr. Jean Cirillo has agreed to join us every single week and be here to take calls along with me. So it's truly getting the best of both worlds, having both the psychic perspective and the psychological take on things. So we're excited that she's going to be with us, um, and we look forward to um, her dialing in. So we'll be taking calls later in the show. Perfect. Well, the phone lines are now open, so please call us with your questions at 646-381-4141. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo will be taking your calls later on in the show. Great. And now, it's time for Frank Tadero's Paranormal News of the Week. Thank you, Lady Fontaine. Good evening, ladies, and good evening, Internet. I'm Frank Tadero, and here are a few stories from the past week that I thought were kind of interesting. Out of Washington, D.C., 
the list of known exoplanets in the galaxy just got bigger thanks to the first observations from NASA's new Kepler Space Telescope, which found five new lightweight worlds orbiting distant stars. The planet-hunting Kepler, which hopes to discover alien Earths, also found an odd object orbiting a star and is measuring the quakes that ripple across the stellar surface. The five newfound planets are much larger than the Earth-sized bodies Kepler was designed to find, with one coming in at around the size of Neptune and the other four measuring just about larger than Jupiter. All five planets orbit very close to their stars, so they are very hot, with orbital periods around three to four days. Uh, temperatures are above those of molten lava. So if you thought you got brown in your vacation recently, I mean, we would get done pretty much faster that way. Another story in the news. This one from Fox News, Fox News Channel Internet Entity. Ancient Earth carvings found in the Amazon jungle. Do you guys know what uh, geoglyphs are? No uh, idea. I've heard the term before. Is that like um, hieroglyphics? Similar, only giant. <laughs> See, the uh, clear-cutting clear cutting of the Amazon rainforest, it's a bad thing, right? Well, it's revealed something rather unexpected. Beneath the clear jungle, archaeologists are uncovering these mis uh, mysterious geometric designs that were carved in the Earth. With the help of satellite imagery like Google Earth, which I'm sure most people listening to this, if you're using the Internet, probably have played with at some point, Brazilian archaeologists are using this to find more and more of these Earth carvings called geoglyphs in the Amazon rainforest. According to a write-up of this same story on the environmental blog Treehugger, a cute name. The geoglyphs are believed to have been sculpted by ancient people from the Amazon region around 700 years ago, though their purpose is still unknown. So far, nearly 300 geoglyphs have been identified, but with advances in satellite imaging and the increased clearing of jungle coverage, unfortunate as that is, scientists are hoping to discover many more of these strange geometric designs. So I hope that this being in the mainstream news circuit doesn't breed some sort of bizarre justification and have us chopping down rainforests at a glimpse of some ancient graffiti, but it's, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Is that the only place that they found it so far? Um, I didn't see anything else other than this. I mean, I think these are very specific things to the region, very specific designs. There's a really popular one uh, from years ago of the spider, this really complex eight-legged spider. It looks almost more like an ant with eight legs, but... Um, wow. Uh, you, you, you can find these. Just type in geoglyphs, um, which hopefully everybody's doing right now as I'm talking on, on Google. Well, uh, but you know, like, on. do you remember, well, I might be dating myself, but there was a book uh -huh. out there a long, long time ago, like 20 years ago or so, yeah. um, Chariots of the Gods. or, or uh, By Von Donegan, yeah. There was a whole, like, thing, more than one book. There was maybe a whole series on them. But basically, they were talking about the same type of thing, but in caves, they would find all these like hieroglyphic kind of things, and they were they were showing um, beings with like you know uh, space helmets and definitely in garb that was not traditional of that time. So there has to be some you know, I mean, this Earth had to have been inhabited by somebody else at some point somewhere along the way for people to be drawing such you know such things. Well, you know without actually saying that that's the truth, it is kind of obvious, that uh, unusual, I should say, rather, that these things are so large that there's really no point to make them unless you're pretty, pretty high up there looking down. Otherwise, 
what's the point of drawing the happy face in the big cornfield? So. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's basically the same thing, you know, with the crop circles and everything else. I mean, when you're on the ground, you don't really know what you're looking at, but from above, you certainly do. Yeah, one of the articles that I was reading about this, they, literally you can only tell it by a slight discoloration in the grass, and you have to ah. look from a satellite to find that these things are these complex geometric things from 700 years ago. So ah, this last story is a little sad. Sorry to, sorry to end in a downer. Apparently, the Loch Ness Monster may be dead. What? I'll give you guys a moment. <laughs> How who's deciding this? Carrie Campbell, president of the official Loch Ness Monster fan club, uh, says that this might be a possibility. According to him, these reports, the reports were fairly steady 10 years ago, but have since fallen off in the last three years. In 2009, there was only one, one report that he considers valid. Uh, just off the Klansman Hotel on June 6th last year, in 2009. Uh, I got a quote here that he gave in an interview to STV, the Scottish Television Network. He said, that's why we're so relieved to have heard about this sighting in June when it was reported nobody had seen anything for a year. If it hadn't been for that one, we would have been really worried. To prove this theory wrong, Mr. Campbell hopes that new witnesses might come forward. He added that if people start to believe this, it might start to affect tourist numbers. Whether you believe in Nessie or not, the Loch Ness Monster is one of the most important tourist attractions that Scotland has. The possible demise of Nessie's, uh, the Nessie Monster follows the death of a man, this is something we were talking about the other day, a man whose research became synonymous with the big guy. American scientist Robert Rhines. Have you ever heard of him? No. no. He's, the, uh, he's the guy who developed the ultrasound and imaging scanning that helped discover the wrecks of the Titanic and the Bismarck. Well, he passed away last November. So it's sort of the end of an era, it seems, where almost this, uh, I didn't know if you guys ever heard of the show called Monster Monster Quest on History Channel or no. not Discovery Channel, I believe. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they did, a, uh, they did a show in February last year saying that Nessie might be dead, and they found the carcass on the ground <gasps> of, really? on the bottom of the ocean. And they had this, this crazy imaging, and he was actually on it. Um, and... It's nice to know that it was in June of that year, a few months later, that that it was seen once again. So if he did pass, maybe he was just taking a nap and <laughs> came and back up to the back. surface right. for um, one last goodbye. How old he's supposed uh, the Loch Ness monster is supposed to be? Oh, actually, geez, um, there are uh, the first account was I believe in the year seven hundred or the, the six hundreds. By a by a saint, who uh, I, I, the, the name is escaping me. I think it's Saint Saint Columbia. Uh, I apologize if anybody out there listening knows, and I'm butchering the story. But the first appearance of Nessie was he had mauled somebody, and they called Saint Columbia to come to the uh, uh, the, uh, the river Ness. And he blessed the creature or said something to the creature, and the creature stopped attacking the man who he sent to swim across the channel to lure it out. So, and that's why he's been so tame all these years. That's, that's just the old adage. And between – I mean, this is way much more information than you asked probably. But between the 700s and 1933, which was the, big, the first modern era big sighting, all of those sightings are kind of sketchy because a lot of tales of sea monsters, as you know, and – Pirates singing about Davy Jones' locker and whatnot. So, 
there you have it. <laughs> well, that is kind of sad. Um, but yeah. honestly, I mean, that if if it's just been one monster, that's some lifespan. Wow. No. <laughs> Talk about longevity. Wow. <laughs> we well, he moisturizes, that. so. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'd like to. And takes long naps, allegedly. <laughs> But that's that's fascinating. I, I hope for you know posterity's you know for you know sake that the Loch Ness monster is still alive. Well, we got ours up in Lake Champlain. He likes salt and vinegar chips, so you can I always visit that. him. I have heard that. Well, that was really fascinating. Thank you so much, Frank. As as always, we really appreciate being kept up to date with all the interesting news that's out there. It's a pleasure. Well, tonight we have. Um, um, well, kind of like an announcement and, and some also some good news. Um, Jackie Barrett, the star of A&E TV's um, show, Medium P.I., was scheduled to be with us tonight. And some of you may remember Jackie as the runner-up from America's Psychic Challenge, which was a, re- a reality TV show that was on several years ago. Well, she had a scheduling conflict, um, but we taped an interview with her last night, and we're going to be playing segments of the interview today for you. Um, and actually, the entire interview is going to be available for download on my show page later this week. Uh, Jackie actually apparently had a better offer for tonight. I mean, I, I, I don't know if we should be offended or not, but there is an exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art that is dedicated to her and opens tonight. So I guess she picked that one over us. Um, but we did talk to Jackie about the exhibit, and um, I want to play that for you. That yeah, that was um, that exhibit is uh, it'll be shown tomorrow for the first time uh-huh. at MoMA, and it's called Scrying, and it's something that um, was dedicated to uh, Jackie Barrett and that part of her life, and what it is is that an artist came to me, very well-known artist, um, very, very big uh, throughout New York, and, and also um, she's in, in France and Spain and traveled all over. And She came to me as a client a while back, and, I, you know, I worked with her, and um, she dedicated um, this piece to me called Scrying. So she had to, she went out to L.A. and and helped uh, choreograph the ballet part of it, and it's done with mirrors because I work with mirrors, and that's, you know, part of my regime uh, is not just sitting there and banging out cases, but... I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, Could you maybe go into exactly what Scrying is? Uh, people listening might not right. be familiar. is a method of spirit communication, allowing the spirit to enter your your very own core, and you're able to um, feel it and move with it and have the spirit move with you. And scrying goes way back. I mean, it's it's part of my my heritage where, you know, my father being American Indian, I've, I've learned that I'm probably about three or four years old, you know, you're, 
children spend their spare time sitting in front of TV. We didn't have TV. So, you know, my father taught me how to do some things with water and also with mirrors. And mirrors are a very important part, not only to my father's background, but my mother, who is um, a, a world-renowned voodooist um, and also practiced uh, Sicilian witchcraft. So this is something she <laughs> What a combination. Wow. <laughs> wow. Creole and Sicilian, and we come from a background of, you know, the whole Duturus and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... Uh-huh. And that was Jackie talking about, you know, the the exhibit that she's having. I just, I was so blown away by that, um, that there's actually, you know, a, a, you know, a, a scrying exhibit at the, you know, Museum of Modern Art. I mean, to me, that's like the most amazing thing. But she's, I'm sure she's there tonight, and I'm sure that's why she couldn't make it with us live tonight here. Um, but, you know, like I said, <laughs> if I was in her place, I think I would pick the opening exhibit of something of that nature rather than the radio show live with us. I would pick us for sure. <laughs> I'd pick oh, us thank too. You. Thank you. I know I would pick the oh, the exhibit opening. I'll I back with that. <laughs> well, it depends what kind of hors d'oeuvres they have, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is it an open bar? <laughs> All the important stuff, right? Right. But you know, um, you know, Jackie's been on the show before, and I absolutely adore her. I feel she's such a colorful. Um, you know, psychic, and she's got stories galore, and I always enjoy really hearing what she has to talk about. But one thing when we were talking to her last night that I did not know about before is that she's a serial killer profiler. I mean, I absolutely had no idea. And when we were interviewing her last night, she was telling us that she actually has um, contributed to the conviction of four serial killers. I mean, that was absolutely wild. Um, we did talk to Jackie about um, the, you know, the process that she's going through with this, with do, actually doing the profiling, and I did want to play that for you now. Everybody has a keen eye to something, and I think mine isn't just um, the murder aspect of it, but also getting into the mind of these um, these animals and really dissecting it and seeing, you know, exactly profiling it. I became a profiler um, of the mind of a serial killer years and years ago. Um, I wasn't able to talk about that as well. Um, That had to do with Detective Gene Stump. Um, But I, you know, it's, it's something... How I mean, you don't pick and choose this, you know. It's uh, this is my real world, you know. So it's uh, you know, I I see what what they did as a child and and how it progressed and you know how the violent tendencies and where they're where they're going, what's ticking, what's in their mind, you know, what what is their surroundings. Uh, Does it ever emotionally affect you? Is it ever very difficult for you to? Of course, it is all the time. All the time. I mean, I I forgot what it's like to actually have, um, you know, the simple, the much simpler things 
that I used to look at and say, wow, I really, you know, enjoy this and enjoy that. And, for instance, I collect 18th century art, and I received a piece, and it was um, just beautiful. And it's something, you know, I would sit and look at for hours, and I just sit all nice and hung it up above my fireplace, and, and that was it. it you know, I I can't even imagine what she goes through, you know, going through that process. Being a psychic myself, I know the the times that I've worked on um, you know, any sort any sort of case with law enforcement folks. Um it's it's an emotionally draining process. I I can't even imagine like when I was really listening to her words when you know, she's saying you really get into the heads of these people. I mean, that's got to be un, you know, an unbelievably emotionally exhausting process. Absolutely traumatic, you know. You know, not just exhausting, but you know, just emotionally traumatic. I, I, you know, I don't, I can't even imagine what that would be like. You know, and the, you know, and the authorities ask her for help. You know, yeah. that's. Yeah, I mean, and and she's one of the few, if not, you know, the only. Um, psyche that I'm aware of that actually works for the FBI, you know, but, but I mean, obviously she has that, that show medium PI and, and she works with um, retired Lieutenant Sean Crowley. And basically what they do is um, really deal with everyday people um, who have cases, you know, cold cases that sort of have fallen, you know, off of the radar screen of, you know, um, whoever, you know, whatever homicide detectives or whatever generally deal with these issues. And, I mean, they go through um, a certain number of cases every single year, um, and she's had a tremendous number of successes with it. But do, has any, have any of you guys um, actually seen her show, Medium P.I.? I haven't. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's on A&E TV. I think it's on Saturday evenings, if I remember correctly. But there was one episode where she had all this stuff, um, like, dripping from her eyes and her nose. And we did talk to her about it last night, and this is basically what she told us. That's what happens to me when the spirit comes through me and right before I, I had to grab onto the spirit to find out uh, you know, I mean, you get in glimpses and images, but I, I wanted Karen to come through me, but at the same time, he was pulling through the perpetrator. So I was getting, um, I was getting the victim and the perpetrator at the same time. Wow. So I felt the the anger and the hurt from the the victim, and I felt the rage from the perpetrator. And I I wanted to um, let like you know hold on to one person, uh, one spirit, and that's what happens. Uh, it there's something that runs out of my eyes and my nose, sometimes one side only, and it doesn't stop, you know. Uh, and somebody said to me, you know, Jackie, they should have cut and you know and wiped your face and. And if you did that, I would have blew like a fit because then I would have lost contact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and I told this to producers, and I'm known for saying this because I'm not a huge TV fan. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm just not. And, you know, and I know what's, what's real and what isn't, but um, you, spirit doesn't wait for camera. You've got that right. 
spirit don't wait for camera. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you miss it, man, you blew it. That's that's yeah. your deal. Yeah. So either you up on it. If you want it that bad, you just better watch for it. And yeah. this is what happens, and it takes a toll on my body. And I, I saw it myself where there's times I can look as it's going on older and older and just worn out and tired, um, you know, by the time an episode is uh, completed because you're allowing, uh, you know, the dead to pass through you. So you're not only feeling what happened, if there was drugs involved, you're feeling that, you're, you're, you know, it may be 30 different things at once. It could be the event, the autopsy, like nothing is in order and you're trying to get it down and yet I'm trying to hold on to it enough to give a description of the person that murdered this child. Mm. Um, there's a lot more to this interview, and as I said, we're going to have it available um, right from my show page here on Blog Talk Radio um, within the next few days, so you can either listen to it as an on-demand episode or it's going to be available for download. So she's she's a fascinating woman. She really felt um, bad about not being able to make it here tonight, but as I said, she's got that exhibit going at the Museum, Museum of Modern Art. So she, you know, we take the the interview with her yesterday, but it's a fabulous, it really is a fabulous interview, and we welcome you to take a, a listen to the interview in its entirety. But in any event, um, I just want to remind you that uh, Dr. Cirillo and myself will be taking calls later in the show, and the phone lines are open. The number is 646-381-4141. Dr. Cirillo, are you on the line? Yes, I am. I heard everything. It's always fantastic, the introductory stories that uh, Frank finds all through the literature during the week. I oh, geez, know. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so, what was your take on on some of these things, like those geo? What was it, Frank? Geo? Excuse me. The uh, what were they called? Those geo? Uh, geo geoglyphs, the geoglyphs. big giant geometric patterns on the ground. Yeah. Uh, What's your well, take on that, Doctor Cirillo? My the big giant geometric patterns. Uh, either were produced by uh, outside forces, by God, or by people who really uh, knew how to line things up, let's say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously something. I, I, because I, I, don't, I don't know that the average person would be able to, you know, come up with these designs from the ground without being able to see the big picture. And obviously if this was done in, you know, 700 years ago or whatever it was, I don't remember the exact dates Frank gave us, um, you know, I don't know how many, you know, airplanes or helicopters were available that we're aware of anyhow, you know. No, the Wright brothers hadn't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly it, actually. It was 700 years ago. And so far we've uncovered 300, and that's only in the rainforest that we've chopped down so far. Wow, and I wonder why there. That's why I was so curious if it was anywhere else. But, you know, um, who knows? Maybe in a way somehow the natural brush and everything of that area preserved it. Could have been. Well, I mean. Look how how much of the, you know, the world is, you um, you know, all developed. And who knows what we might have lost. True. Absolutely. 
Well, I think we've got a bunch of callers waiting for us. So, yes, Dr. Cirillo, are you ready? Yeah, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I, You know, I listened to what you said that uh, uh, Jackie had said about how it takes its toll on her uh, mm. when she tries to connect with the spirit world and, and how she starts to almost age before the cameras because it really takes its toll on you to, to give somebody a reading, to, to go into somebody and, and pull the stuff out and or to solve a crime and connect. And, and not everybody gets that. That's psychologically fascinating what it does to your mind and body. It really, really does. I know I, in particular, I can't do readings. Like some people can do them, you know, for like, uh, you know, a full day and just jam-pack the day and go on and on and on. I can't. Like three or four hours and I'm I'm shot. Three or four it's hours. Really- I sat next to a psychic that was doing it on, on, on television, and uh, within 15 minutes she touched my hand. Her hands were very, very cold, which was uh, a sign of, of the power going out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exhausting. It is, and I know that the average person doesn't realize it. And some no. people, some people have just a very draining energy, and other people just in attempting to fully read them um, just takes more out of you. I mean, I love when I have you know people that are really suffering under the weight of a terrible problem or some spell that was put on them if if you believe along those lines you know those are the ones that drain you the most even as a therapist they say sometimes if somebody is really disturbed uh, either mentally or by what's going on in their life you feel much more drained as a therapist than if it's somebody with more superficial problems and i'm sure it happens on a deeper level with a psychic because yeah. you're reaching deeper yeah and you really feel it you really really feel the emotions Mm-hmm. Um, I feel them both of the clients that I'm working with and the situations that are going on in their lives. That's why, I mean, Jackie and I have talked about this, um, you know, doing the work with the, you know, the, 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 law, the law enforcement agencies, I can't do it. Uh, I, I think I've even mentioned it on the air that one murder case that I had worked on, um, the woman was shot in the back of her head. And, and you feel the pain. I did. I said, hmm. oh, my God, this pain in the back of my head. And then it was like this this spirit, this entity, you know, this person didn't leave me. I mean, I had a hard time getting her to leave. So it was a terrible, you know, it was really an emotionally exhausting process. That's why I can't even imagine the work that Jackie Barrett does. I mean, it's phenomenal. And there are many psychics out there that do, you know, this, this, this type of work with law enforcement agencies. I, for one, I'm so sensitive to this stuff. I mean, I can't even have antiques in my house. Um, wow. I pick up from any and everything that I just... You do. Yeah, I just can't have anything old or... Unless it's old from, like, my family, then I'm sort of used to the energy and familiar with it, but... Kind of like the house I'm sitting in now that was built in the 1700s in Huntington. And there's a lot of ghosts in Huntington, Long Island. Ooh, so yeah. you live in an old house that's haunted? Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll very, very there. well built, though. I mean, you know, there's been fires and everything, and it only needed slight reinforcements. No building inspe- inspectors, no laws uh, about uh, what materials you can use, just people who took pride in their work and built a house to last. Wow. Wow. I would mean, you, I know. Ladies, what was that, Frank? Saying, would you like to take a caller? Yes, yes I, I would. would. Who do we have on the line? All right. On the line right now is Deborah, and she has a question about her love life. Hi, Deborah. 
Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, it's our pleasure. How can we help you? Well, today is my birthday, and I'm really wondering about how 2010 looks as far as my love life. All right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Let me, while everybody's giving you birthday greetings, let me just sort of scan your energy. Um, All right. You asked me to look forward, and I'm so drawn to recent past with you. Do you want me to ask you? Sure. Talk to you a little bit about it? Um, sure. I'm still feeling either that you're still in, like, the tail end of a relationship or there was some major, you know, relationship trauma, um, yes. you know, emotionally exhausting um, relationship, very, very recent. It feels to me within the past six to eight months or something of that nature. Is that true? Um it's, it's very, very, very recent. Basically, I had a lover, and he just basically disappeared on me. I haven't heard from him. I don't know what's going on, so I'm just trying to forget him and good. hope for the best. <laughs> All right, good. I do. I still feel it in your energy. Um, to me, it feels like, you know, um, I, I feel you're trying to just sort of, you know, pick up the pieces and move on, but I feel it took an emotional toll on you. To me, it feels like there were so many false promises and so many, um, you know, just like ex- – I don't. When I say expectations, I don't mean that you get false expectations. But I feel the way the relationship had been moving, um, it just like the bottom fell out. It totally fell out from from under you, and you just stood there. It feels like in shock over the whole thing. I still feel it in your energy. Do some work. Maybe Dr. Cirillo will have some thoughts for you on 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 helping you to sort of you know put the past behind you. But I kind of feel you're going to need to do that before we actually you know, start drawing in some of the some of the energies that I do feel out there. Dr. Cirillo, do you have any thoughts for, for Deborah? And then I'll tell her what I feel is coming in. Well, often when a man wants to end a relationship, he doesn't, uh, men don't usually communicate as well as women do, saying, you know, I don't think this is working out. And what they kind of do is they break it off uh, suddenly. They don't call. They disappear. Um sounds like this guy has major commitment and intimacy phobias and possibly oh, you know what let me give you vibes that that you want <laughs> something more let me give you a little bit of background it has it's all external circumstances that are keeping us apart um he basically got into some trouble and just had to leave oh you mean like real uh, like he had to trouble, run away like, from yes, people being yes. who were after him either, le- either yes. legal forces or Illegal. Right, right. Okay, so, right. so do you know where he yeah. is now? He can't tell me. The last okay. time I spoke with him, he said, I don't know when I'll see you, and you know, this and that. So I'm, I'm trying to sure forget him. I'm true. hoping. I I'm getting yeah. Dr. Cirillo, same, I have the same feeling on that. I'm going, huh? It just doesn't have that feel to me, Deborah. I'm not saying that there's not something going on yeah. there, but I but think some of this else. is a spin on, on the truth that he's giving you. I mean, I don't know. I have no contact with him. Listen, I know, I know a, a funny story. It's not so funny if you're the one it would happen to, though. A woman, uh, she was married, and she had a, a couple of kids, and her her husband said he had to go down to North Carolina and that he was mafia-connected, and, and P, I can say that. I'm half Italian. People uh, were after him, 
and uh, he didn't want anybody to know where his wife and kids were, or they would hurt them too. So he lived down in North Carolina, and one of the, one of his daughters got older and said, you know, something's funny. And she showed up at the address that she had for him in North Carolina. Mm. He had a whole other family, oh, a woman God. and kids and everything. I mean, that's extreme. But often if a person says, I'm in trouble, either the hoods are after me or the law is after me, you want to run away to protect yourself. And, and, and that could be, you know, he seems like somebody who sort of lives on the edge of uh, society and laws anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when a woman or anybody gets too close, he has to uh, run away. So he's hiding something. And, you know, some of it's from you, some of it's from other people that he might have not been completely honest with. You know, whether there's another child, I, I get that sense that there might be a woman after him for support, or, or I don't know why that's coming to me. Uh, when I do the show as a guest, the psychic seems to rub off. But uh, <laughs> I, th- I feel you're very intuitive. He's not good for you, this man. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that big time. I, I absolutely do. Oh, I'm so in love with him, though. It's not he's even not fun. even good for himself. Well, he's a charming person in psychology. Yeah. We call that a sociopath, a psychopath. They come on very, very strong. But part of the reason they have to run away is they don't want you to find out their weak spot or their bad spot or anything. So as soon as that starts threatening to emerge they run away and they leave you with the charming wonderful fantasy and in this case it's Mm -hmm. pretty much fantasy i think if he stayed he would cause you more and more problems and before long you might be one of the people that's after him because he took money or he did something uh to you (laughs) you, that you you resonate to that (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying it's kind of funny, though, because of, you know, what he has told me, and I, I really don't know the truth. He's, you know, the bottom line is he's not here to defend himself. He's not here to, well, he's to not say true. anything. So, and, he, you know, he's just not here, and I miss him. That's just the I'm, bottom I'm line. I'm sure you do, and I do feel yeah. it in your energy, Deborah. and I really feel even regardless, and I will tell you what I feel um, potentially is out there for you, but I'm going to tell you honestly um, until you process and work through everything, I mean, you know, I feel your your heart is up in the air. I feel you still want this guy. I mean, you call me about the future. I, when someone calls me about the future, I don't like telling them about their past. But in this situation, anything I told you about the future wouldn't make sense. It really, really wouldn't because your heart still belongs to this guy. So in order for you to be able to really sort of rewrite your future, you have to proce- start processing things and and you know, get yourself to the point where he doesn't have such a hook on you because I feel it so strong. I know what I feel in your energy, and I feel it in the energy. I'm not going to say you guys didn't have a a great connection because I feel it, but I feel some of it wasn't – I feel some of it was just he knew what to say. He knew how to say it. He knew how to be charming. He's a smooth talker. You know, all of it was just part of, you know, the ambiance that he has. Um, I'm not going to say that the connection isn't there because I feel it. Um, but in order for you to be able to start experiencing new experience, new love in your life, you do have to, you know, work through this process with him and not feel so much that sense of need and want. Because it feels to me, even if somebody else walked into your life today, um, if he reappeared and said, oh, all my past problems got resolved, your heart would be so open to him. Correct. Oh, that is definitely correct. You know, and if you see a future with him, that'd be great. If he if he comes back, you know, do you see that? Name? What's his first name? Uh, his first name is Robert. 
Um, let me let me ask you two questions. One, does he yeah. have um, what I want to say brown hair with like red highlights or something of that nature? He does have brown hair that kind of looks like it has red highlights. Yes. And um, does, does he do something with? Um, because uh, I'm hearing academia, something school, school teacher, um, something in, in professor, something of that nature. No. Okay. Because, Not at all. No. Because that's what that's who I feel is coming in for you, um, and the energy to me feels a lot different than 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 his energy. But I just you know, uh, sometimes people you know work through issues and they're they start resonating at a different energy. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to give you false hope on this. I just don't feel it. I really don't feel that he's going to be able to come back with an open heart and really be able to um, build a relationship in a healthy way with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. I do feel there's somebody else out there. Um, I do feel you need to, as I said earlier, you don't really need to do anything, but in order to get yourself to the point where you're really going to draw in and be receptive to this new person out there, um, you do have to work through all the pain that you've gone through and be able to somehow let this go. But there is somebody else out there. I'm telling you, the way his energy comes through, again, he feels so much like he does something with, um, it doesn't feel like regular teaching, and that's what I'm struggling with. But I keep on hearing academia, so in some way it, it's it's... How about some type of motivational preaching? I mean, he sounds more like he is a smooth talker and sales or or somewhere where where he would be lecturing or or uh selling or or trying well, to Robert motivate. definitely does that. De- Robert definitely is a speaker. He okay. talks to tons of people, you know, that type of thing. And it's funny that you said school teacher or something along those lines because when I first asked him what he did, he goes, "Let's just say I sell school supplies." <laughs> Oh, you know, so it's so kind of strange that you said that. Right. I mean, and, and let me tell you, any psychic, it's not like reading a book. You know, we're picking up mm-hmm. pieces of images and hearing things and feeling things. Um, you know, there, let, me, let me say it to, to you in this way. Um, the version of Robert that we're reading, this mm-hmm. guy on the run, um, is if he does reappear, he's going to reappear in, with a different energy because the energy I'm picking up right now is receptive and ready to be in a in a committed relationship. I mean, his focus is 110% on you. So if this man does reappear, whatever is keeping him away is going to have resolved itself because the person I feel, and, and actually the way it's showing itself to me right now is mid-year. So I would say between, say, May and July of this year, um, I do feel this person, and I don't know if it's the old Robert or somebody new coming in for you, um, is going to, I want to say right now, enter your life. And honestly, it's to me, it's like all doors are open. I mean, the heart is wide open, the heart chakra is wide open, the connection, the, the communication, the focus on you and you on him is all there. What I do want to say is if this is somebody new, um, it's going to be delayed unless you can get yourself to the point where you're ready to let this new person enter into your life. So as far as physical look, that's all you got was brown hair? That's brown hair with the red highlights. I would say, to me, he doesn't feel all that tall. I would say maybe 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", at the tallest. Stocky. Mm. That's sort of like a stocky. It okay, well, like that makes sense to me because, because Robert is stocky, but I'm 5'9 and a half myself, so anybody that I ever date is taller than me. But Robert ah. is definitely stocky. 
Okay. They, he's, they have he's to be up to the tall. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't date any short guys or shorter than me. Yeah, I I'll bet a lot of them come on to you because their fantasy is to get a woman who's tall and beautiful, <laughs> and they always get that sense of the yeah. supermodel yeah. image. Mm. Yes, but it is true. Yeah. Sometimes it looks it looks sad when you see a normal sized man and he's with a beautiful model and she towers over him. Somehow he doesn't look that great. <laughs> yeah, she does, but he doesn't. That's kind of true. I don't. I kind of keep thinking we're still talking about Robert though, and because it could be. I did speak with be. because there's so I much spoke that with I'm yeah, I spoke with another second, and she's pretty much telling me what you said, that he's away right now, he's trying to get everything in, in order, and then he will come back, and then everything will good, be good between us, because right now it can't be. Mm-hmm. And she's, she gave me a couple months, she said like four months, which mm-hmm. would put, Ooh. what, if we're in January, February, March, April, May, just like you said, May? Right. Um, you know, see, yeah. I can't guarantee because the energy feels different, but right, right now what I'm reading of Robert is so so much really on the run and so much turned mm-hmm. away from you. Um, right. Other energy true. is so you know uh, just drawing you in big time. So um, he would have to go through a lot of you know really remaking of himself, and I don't mean just you know. Oh yeah, that's exactly what she said too. She goes, he's totally re restructuring his life. He's getting his his house in order. There must be a exactly. Lot of I think she even used that word. In yeah, in yeah. Chart. She said yeah. a lot of changes. Yeah. She says, so don't worry, because he can't be with you right now. He has to do all these changes within himself before he can come back. Mm. Well, um, keep, us posted, keep us posted on that. I mean, there is going to be the opportunity for love for you big time um, mid-year this year. Um, if it's Robert or not, let us know. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Camillo and Lady Fontaine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Deborah. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we have another caller. Uh this is Lily, and Hi, she, Lily. Ha- she has a question about, she'll be with you in a moment, she has a question about love and marriage. Uh-huh. Lily? Hi, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? Hello. Good. Good, how could we help you? What's your question? Um, if you don't hold mine, holding on for a moment. Okay. My question is um, about my marriage. Right now we're living apart. And I was wondering if you see it coming together, or what do you see happening with that? What is your husband's first name? His name is Brian, right. and he just walked in, so I had to run up and hide in a room. So I'm out of breath. <laughs> I didn't want him to know I'm calling. Right. Like I understand. Um, all right, a couple things are jumping out at me with Brian. Um, first of all, it, honestly, you know. Did you have you known this guy since you were like in high school or something? Because it feels like you guys have such a history. Uh, you know, we do have a history. I've known him since I was um, 21. Okay, 17 um, years. Yeah, I mean, it, it really feels. You know, I mean, obviously with marriage there is a history, but it felt it feels to me that this isn't a, a, a just a, a, you know that there's a tremendous history here. Um, let me tell you that I still feel, um, no matter how I'm looking at this. I feel a lot of potential for this relationship. feels to me that you guys have sort of, um, I don't know, it just feels like it's stretched to the maximum, the relationship with the two of you. And it feels to me that you've just so gone in different directions, but that the love is still there. Um, my gut feeling is, um, even if he's stepping away from the relationship, I so feel the potential of you guys reconnecting. Okay. Do you see, um, you know, maybe a time frame of reconnecting? feels to me um, 
I would say within not that long, three to six months, absolutely tops. Um, potential for even a little bit quicker than that, but it, it's not going to go longer than six months. How long have you been living apart? Six months. Uh, any I, particular? I, he sees he's living. He's with his parents, so it's they're kind of enabling him because I think he has, um, you know, bipolar issues, mm-hmm. and he's not really coming to terms with that. But I'm hoping that he will. Okay, so when the stress of being with somebody gets because he's much. come and gone. He's come and gone out of our marriage about six times. He disappears, like that last caller was saying. Mm-hmm. It's like I wanted to tell her, if you're not married to me, you don't have children. Well, you're going to be, you're gonna be stuck with me, like in my situation with three kids, 17 bipolar years later. people do that, though. They run away from the family. They get involved in all sorts of emotional, financial, legal situations. Yes, I'm in that boat. <laughs> you, you've been the victim. Yeah, and I just want—I wish I could have told that caller, "Gosh, run away!" <laughs> I just run because I felt the same connection with him, and there's no way I could ever live without him. But if I knew now, is it's hell. But you know, well, you, I would love like the man, but when he gets in that kind of mood, the mood really controls him. It's got to be controlled with medication, and you know, the the good thing is there there is a lot that can help you. You know, Ted Turner is bipolar, and and look, I mean, he became a billionaire with. CNN and, you know, oh, wow. he took his lithium, and I don't know if that's the case with your husband, but it sounds uh-huh. like he needs some help with the physical and emotional state. It's probably denial. in his family, too, so they are enabling him because uh, they've, they've dealt with this secret all their life, but now there's help. When his mom and dad were young, there might not have been, but now there right. is, and, and he's got to go for that. And you've got to, at least if he doesn't go for help or anything, can you go to talk to somebody so you get a little more of a sense of how to deal with him? There, there are groups now for, like, uh, people right. living with those with mental illness, and that's what it sounds yeah. like in this case. Yeah, so I was actually looking into that for myself. It's just hard to get motivated, but, you know, he's it's been saying that he wants to go see a counselor, so that's kind of a good thing, but whether he it has is. action that's on it. That's a great thing. And that's one thing that I wanted to say to you, especially because there's such a history of him leaving, is, you know, really decide what you want out of this marriage and this relationship and really define your boundaries very, very carefully uh-huh. with this guy and don't give in. Because it feels to me, like you said before, you know, his parents in a way are enabling him. My gut feeling is in many ways throughout the course of your marriage, you kind of let him get away with stuff, and that also enabled him to be, you know, the person that he was. So really work on yourself, define your boundaries carefully, and I I feel in essence when if if and when he comes back, um, you know, I, I, I feel the potential of him really focusing on the marriage and you guys being able to work this out from, a, I don't know, it feels to me a different level in a way. Okay, you don't see him taking, like if he were to come back, you don't see him taking off again? You know, it honestly feels to me, and this is why I urge you to really, you know, decide what you want out of this and don't take it, don't settle for less. And don't run to take him back until he's really demonstrating right. that, that he's earned that privilege of coming back. Make it harder hard enough for him that he realizes there's consequences for him when he walks away from a relationship because you don't want him to feel, and it feels to me that in the past you've had sort of like an open-door policy when he wants to come back, you're happy. In a way, it's a marriage. You know, it's your husband. You want to make this work, but it's giving him the um, the feel of this open-door policy and that, you know, I, if I need some space or need to get out of this or whatever, right. that he can. Make him, hold him accountable. 
you know, for his actions. But set your standards high. Do not settle, you know, when, when you guys are working this out. Let him know that he's got to, you know, meet this level that, you, that you're going to be putting out there, you know, for him. I mean, he can't do what he's doing now and expect the relationship to work. Yeah, you know, he's always drank in the past, and so um, uh, we I always thought that was why, but now he's not I don't drinking. feel that. He may be self-medicating. A lot of times when somebody has an emotional condition and it's not uh, being treated properly, what they do is they turn right. to street drugs or yeah. alcohol to because yeah. they're, they're living with uh, something right. that's horribly uncomfortable. And I think he runs away when he feels overwhelmed by his feelings because he doesn't want to have a temper outburst or be uh, in the situation where he might hurt you. So you have to give him some space, but at the same time, he's got to work on getting treatment for this problem because it's something outside his voluntary control. Right. Well, yeah, he stopped drinking, so now yeah, I don't you know, the problem reveals. So, I, um, you know, I have another question real quick, um, you know, just because he's so secretive and flighty, and I don't really think he's ever been unfaithful, but do you feel that he has been loyal, and do you think he's going to remain loyal? Well, usually this type of person can be unfaithful if somebody else comes on to them, you know. Right, I'm worried about. (laughs) I would worry more. I know a woman in that situation who would leave the husband. She wouldn't say where she was for two days. She'd come back looking like she hadn't showered. You know, there were people out there taking advantage of her. Now, Mm -hmm. fortunately, he's a man. He's not as likely to get into that situation, but he can get into other kinds of trouble, get arrested, uh, get into fights, lose all his money. Uh, Does he gamble or does he make crazy big investments? Uh Yeah, Uh yeah, and then throws you into financial uh, Uh difficulties. That's not uncommon. So this is where it's, it's coming from the disease. Thank God he stopped drinking. So now you could get to the root of the chemical imbalances. And the next step is for him to get some type of medical treatment and for the two of you to get, uh, as you said, if he's going for counseling and you were interested in it, that's a wonderful first step because there's a lot of love and a a lot of uh, bond there, just the fact that you've stuck together with with all this uh, stuff in between. It's not easy to live with somebody with this type of uh, problem. You must be very tolerant. You sound like you're even a little bit too tolerant, as Lady Fontaine was picking up on. Right. I do feel that. I've actually scanned his energy, and I'm not really seeing infidelity per se. I, I feel when he gets in his you know, whatever it is, his Uh moods or the cycles that he's going through, it's more self-destructive than him looking for love. Right. You know, so I'm not really seeing where where there's been infidelity. I mean, it almost feels to me there's somebody um, that he works with, that a female that he's close with, but Uh other than that, and it might even be somebody that you know (laughs) or know of, but other than that... Well, you're not the first one that told me that, and that kind of bugs me because he's never really talked to women, and but now he's working with a bunch of women, and I'm just wondering how close are they? <laughs> to me, it feels, you know, it's talking. It does. It doesn't feel like they're having, you know, like phone sex or or dinner know, or anything. No, no, I don't feel it's that kind of thing. It, it just doesn't have that feel to me at all. But um, certainly, it, I, I feel a female 
you know, a work-related female and is... Someone who might be a little attracted and she sees these Mm. ups and downs in his personality and wonders what the heck is going on in this guy's life and, you know, maybe I should get a little closer and find out. But I I, personally, I think he's too disturbed to seriously consider anybody. Right, I agree with that. I mean, from what I'm feeling in his energy, I don't feel him moving in that direction. I really don't. You don't don't feel her being interested in him, though. I I feel her being interested more than him, but I'm going to go anywhere. Well, yeah. you know, if her name's Diane. He's a mystery man, and what's you know, let's find. He he looks a little bit enticing. Sometimes you find this stranger with the uh, dark moods and high moods and low moods, and like, what's going on? This is the man of mystery. I've got to figure him out, and so she's drawn. She's to him actually that with. Way. She's actually has in a relationship supposedly. But do you, do you, if I go, if you feel that her name is Diane. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting a hit on on the name Diane. I'm not. What about I feel who that Rosemary? is. Rosemary. Um, I'm not feeling that that either. Um, you know, it, uh, when you said Diane, I could feel her in his life, and I could feel the relationship they have, but it feels different than the energy that I feel around him. What about like a I'm, physical hair color or something? Um, I'm terribly I, sorry for interjecting. But I, I was going to say. Right. Um, if you want to stay on the line or you want to uh, contact me through my website, I'd be very happy to help you with that. Well, just the hair color and I'll hang up. Um, I don't have it right now. I'm, oh, I'm getting okay. a sense of a bunch of people like a mush that maybe there's a few women <laughs> discussing him and, and possibly trying to draw his problems out of him that, you know, it's it's not any one particular person who's so okay. heavily focused on him. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks for your You're time. You're very welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Frank, who else do we have on the line? Uh, well, we have uh, several people on the line. Um, we, you, you have time for one more caller? Yeah, we do. Actually, um, we have more time than that. Okay. Um, I extended the show time so we could take a few more calls. Fantastic. We can definitely fill it up. Uh, this is Heather. She has a question about getting messages from spirits, possibly. Ooh, okay. Ooh, interesting. Yes, Heather. Um, well, actually, not, not that way. Um, I've had several people that have passed over, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to know if there were any messages. Um, that kind of stuff, you'd have to contact me on my website. For me to get into the channeling mode, I can't do it while I'm talking and on the, on, on, you know, on the phone. I can't. I'm sorry. Some psychics can't. I can't. All right. Do you have anything like in general then that uh, you're picking up? Um, is there any area you want me to look at? Love, you know, uh, career. Give me, give me a focus area. Um, how about family? I get the sense there's a family member who's crossed over that you're still very much attached to, and. Uh, Sometimes the psychological explanation is that when you're attached to someone, especially if they left you suddenly, um, often you still feel their presence and and you still communicate with them psychologically, whether or not it's an actual message. uh, That's open to, to dispute and discussion, but there's some feeling, somebody you're holding on to when you feel a very strong connection with them in the, in the next life. Well, I, I've had like, um, let's see, I lost my husband um, last last year, and I lost my brother um, a week ago. Oh, sorry. I lost my mother a year ago, my uncle two years before that, 
And I was actually kind of questioning. I mean, I've I've had contact with my husband for for I don't know the last year. We've been I've gotten all sorts of messages and everything. But did he die suddenly or was he ill? No. Um, well, I didn't expect him to die, but you know he was ill for a long time. What is his first name? Uh, Philip. Philip. Um, as as I said, if you want to contact me directly from my website, I'd be happy to work with you. Um, you know, I I do channeling, but I don't do that on the on you know on phone calls. But I but I do agree with Dr. Cirillo, though. I'm actually feeling, and you didn't mention anybody that I was feeling the energy. Do you have a son, a male son? No. Um, because I feel a younger a younger male energy. Um, did your did your husband have a younger brother? No, but my brother just uh, died like a week ago, and oh. suddenly, and how, how old was he roughly? Uh, Forty nine. Right. Yeah, it's coming through as a much younger energy. What was his first name, though? Kevin. Um, actually, when you said that, I was getting some validation. Do you did you like think of him as like your younger brother? Like when you think of him, do you envision him as a child? Yeah, kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, what, the one thing I want to say, you must have been extremely close with him, extremely close, because the energy that I'm feeling almost feels like a son. It feels like you cared for, this person feels like that you've cared for him, and, you know, almost like a mother would care for, for a child. So did you take that role with your brother? No, actually, um, we really never got along, and uh, he despised me, and he took his life. Oh my! And uh, there was an argument with my dad, and um, you know, it just, just, I don't know. We just can't figure out, you know, why he just took his life so suddenly like that. Well, um, it didn't happen suddenly. I mean, this was something within him that was probably eating away at him. And you say he despised you. Sounds like he could have despised himself, the family. Or you're probably right. You're probably yeah, right. I, that's yeah. the wrong words. So I mean, anything wrong. Anything. There was something between him and him. But what happens when a family member takes their own life? There's always that sense of what could I have done differently? And right. Even if you had done something differently and pre- prevented it for that moment, it. it would have happened one way or another if if he was determined. Um, it, it sounds though like he was suffering from some type of mental illness, depression. Uh, chemically, he he needed some outside help that uh, he wasn't getting. And aside from whatever family crises that you and he and your dad might have gone through together, it it sounds like there was a whole lot in the family background and. You know, it was him feeling his feelings about himself, but his feelings about the family that you picked up on. And now you're the survivor because the women are stronger. Often there are families where one, two, or three men have committed suicide, and the women feel depressed and sad, but because they do things such as call us and go for therapy and try to get to the root of their problems rather than bottling them up and, and denying them, the women don't take those extreme measures. So right. don't worry that, you, you know, the same thing's going to happen to you. But it's normal to be grieving even if he didn't take his own life. In this case, though, it, it sounds like there's a lot of unresolved family uh, 
business and crises and issues that are, have now been brought to a head. Let's let's say that's his his revenge from the other side. And yeah, he must be angry with him for doing this. That's that's a normal reaction too. Here, your husband died, and you know didn't want to die, and then here's somebody who could live and 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 wanted to didn't want it to end it. So, you know, there's there's that sense that why weren't they reversed or but you've certainly lost a lot of people around you which makes you the strong survivor and all the strength has somehow been given to you and the family and and you're feeling overwhelmed. You're you know, like, why me? Can I carry all this? Yeah, I, I can't understand. I'm like I, you know, I it's just amazing. I mean, I don't know. Like I keep feeling there's got to be a message behind all this somehow, you know? Yeah, well, the message is that you're the strong one and you're the survivor, but uh, there's there was a lot of upset, a lot of things, physical, mental, emotional, uh, familial uh, problems that were all around you that you had no control over, and somehow you came out of it, and you have a little bit of survivor guilt, you know, why... Why am I left here? But at the same time, you're angry that why did everybody go away and leave me with this? And, you know, you should be getting some help, some support, some things that you want to do. Possibly if there's a local uh, hospital or clinic, you know, they always have grieving groups. Well, the funny thing is I work in the mental health issue myself. I'm always counseling everybody else. <laughs> well, then you have some understanding, and that that counseling everybody else has has contributed to your strength and your ability to counsel yourself under stress. But still, even being in the world and you've suffered this much loss, there's nothing wrong with getting some kind of help, especially with people who have gone through uh, serious uh, suicide. There are suicide survivor groups all over. All right, maybe that's something to look at then. That. Heather, um, did did your brother have a son? No, he had a daughter. All right, I'm still trying to figure out who this male, younger energy is that's so attached to you. Um, I don't know. Shoot me an email because um, I, I'd like to try to identify who this energy is and, and because I'm feeling so much love from this younger male energy. And I really don't know what to do with it. And based on everything that you're saying, I don't know where it fits in. But shoot me an email, info at ladyfontaine.com. Okay, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Frank, any other callers? Absolutely. Uh, This is is Jada, and she has a question about marriage, potentially. Hi, Jada. Hi. this is Jada. I just wanted to know if you can tell me if there is marriage in future children in my future. If All right. Let me just me. scan your energy, and I'll tell you what I pick up. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um. I, to answer the question about marriage, um, it, I still feel it's somewhat in the future for you, but I'm actually, I actually do see you. Um, do you live anywhere? I, I don't, where, where, where are you calling from? Because I'm actually seeing um, something like a, a, a marriage in Hawaii or something like that. Is that uh, something that you've dreamt that, of? 
That would be nice. Yes, I've always said if I ever got married, I wanted to get married in Hawaii. I live in sunny that. California, though. Okay, but I could feel that that's going to happen. It feels to me it's still, I, I want to say, a year and a half to two years away. I don't feel the person that you're going to marry is in your life yet, but okay. I very strongly feel... Um, there's some connection. There's like the person that's going to end up introducing you to your future husband, I feel, is in your life right now. I feel that the person um, almost feels like it's a female, almost feels like, a, I don't know, a relative, a sister, a cousin, something like that. And um, they're going to actually introduce you to this person, and it's going to be like, you know, uh, I almost want to say, and I hate to use this word, but like a fairy tale romance really feels to me things are going to be falling into place. There's going to be phenomenal connection between the two of you. But you're going to have that Hawaii wedding. I mean, I see that without a doubt. All right. Do you get a description of the gentleman? Maybe I, he'll be Hawaiian or Asian. I'm getting that sense. I are don't know you, why. I'm seeing him from the back, and I, I do see dark hair. Um, the, the most I'm seeing is a slight profile on him. Um, he looks like he has very, what I almost want to say, chiseled or sculptured features in a way, but okay. dark hair, um, you know, like a medium-toned skin, not not very fair. Um, a, a nice build. I'm seeing nice shoulders on him. I'm not getting a name, but one thing that I keep on getting around him, um, and I don't know what to do with it, is an X. And I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know if that's part of his name. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but there's an X somehow around him. Huh. Maybe he's an okay. actor in in, in a, uh, I, I don't want to say X-rated, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, shows that are GP-rated or X-factor. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> See, I didn't even think it, of that. It has um, to do with the paranormal. And, who, was the, and who, who says that they feel like he maybe have a little Hawaiian or Asian? Dr. Who, Cirillo felt that. Dr. Cirillo, I, I want to confirm for you. That I've heard something like that before. Mm. From Very good, Doctor Cirillo. Uh, yeah, I just want to confirm that I've heard that from another um, intuitive. Uh, well, are yeah. you interested? Is that your interest? Do you like people? Hey, my interest is whoever I fall in love with. They're my interest. Right. Okay. And you don't have any particular you know, race or style. No, or I don't. I I really don't. And girl. he would definitely be different from me. I, I, oh. I've been told not the same as me. Okay. Or mixed, if you will. And mixed. somebody, yeah, I was getting that sense too, but with a strong Asian or Hawaiian uh, background. Yeah. yeah. I've been told that. Interesting. Well, it's definitely it's a phenomenal connection. I mean, which is obviously the most important thing. There's exactly. a lot of warmth, and there's just a lot of, um, I don't know, what I almost want to say, nurturing, caring. It feels very safe, it feels very supportive and protective. Um, I feel it's going to be phenomenal, you know, from almost the moment you meet this guy. It's going to, like I said, be like a fairy tale romance, like a whirlwind romance, and you know, it's going to end up with your your on the beach Hawaiian wedding. Wow! Do you have a time frame for meeting him? Um, you know how far out. It feels to me that the earliest you would meet him would be the latter part of this year. It almost feels to me September, October of this year is going to be like the defining moment when you guys meet. Um, feels to me within, you know, six months, eight months, a year after that, you guys are going to be married. Wow. And that's, that's probably pretty quick, but that's yeah, the way it looks like, like it's lining up. Yeah. 
Now, did you pick up any future children or no or too far out or? Um, I, you know, I actually feel a young girl. Do you have, do you have a daughter right now? No. Okay, then there's a daughter out there for you without a doubt. Um, The reason why I asked you if you had her now, it's so strong in your energy, extremely strong. I I actually thought it was a daughter that you had already, but without a doubt, this is somebody who's destined to come into your life. Oh, goody. Oh, I'm so happy with my reading. Thank you. Okay, well, keep us posted. Let us know when you meet this, this guy, because we certainly will look forward to hearing about a marriage. I will. I will. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so thank much you. for calling. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Do you have time for any more callers? Or? Yeah, we could take a few more. All right. This is this is Carrie from Florida. She has a question about finances. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. In this economy, I'm sure a lot of us are concerned about finances. So we're always hearing about love, but, you know, the reality is you need money to live, too. Yeah, you do. It's true. So what's your question? (laughs) Um, I just want to know, like, when you see things getting better. I know they're going to. I just want to know when you see it happening. With you or the economy? With me? (laughs) Sorry to be so selfish. Um, no, because, I mean, some people do ask me, obviously, what I feel with the economy. And oh, I, I know. I'm always asking everybody that I know that question, like, what do you think? Oh, my God. But, no, I have I, to. My take is much different than, you know, at least what the, um, you know, what our politicians are, are telling us. But let me just scan your energy and see. Um, it, it, wow. Um Looking through the balance of this year, it kind of feels to me um, that things are going to be, what I want to say, at a status quo with you. I do feel a lot of, almost what what feels like a strangling kind of feeling. So either obviously debt, but it feels to me even even work-related, there's, um, are are you potentially, um, what's the work situation? Is there there like what almost feels to me to be reorganization, major changes going on at the workplace? You're you're totally getting me right now, yes. Everything you said. And it feels to me almost as if, um, I don't know, either fearing tremendously losing your job or being outsourced or something like that because it has a strength. It's absolutely like I feel like I'm being strangulated. You know, it just feels to me that uh, my airwaves are, are totally shutting down right now that I can't breathe with the pressure and the heaviness yeah. in my chest. Um, well, that actually, the worst of that has already passed. But you're, yeah, okay. you're right. picking up so on you're the, in a lot of debt and people are... Uh, you know, from all ends, people are pulling at you, trying to get the money, and uh, you, you you're doing the best you, that you can. Actually, I stopped paying everything, and I lost my home, and I I'm living somewhere else. So you know, I already went through like a huge just it was like a tsunami, I guess you could have, oh. like a snowball, but the worst of it's over. I'm kind of settled in 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 stuff, but I'm expecting uh like a settlement. And um, you're in the recovery period now. Yeah, I am. But you got all that strangling and can't breathe. That was me having my panic attacks like every single day that I was going through this. But I'm not 
I'm not in that space anymore. Now I'm sort of looking to like, you know, get on with it, but I'm expecting like a settlement. And I wanted to know like when you see that coming in because it's going to come. Could you, so I can zoom right in on it, could you tell me what kind of, is this insurance, is it, give me. I'm actually not, I'm not really allowed to say anything. I'm so sorry. I would share with you. The only reason why I'm saying that is when I'm scanning this year, I'm not seeing it. And, And there's always, when I have more information, it helps me zoom in on something. But if you can't talk about it, let me say right now, um, either I'm not picking up on it or it's it's not going to be throughout the course of this year. Okay. And it could be that I'm not picking up on it, but to me I'm not seeing any any real windfall for you um, that's going to significantly change your situation in this year. Okay. All right. You've still yeah. got your job. It sounds like a, a relationship. No, I, I'm not. I'm not working at oh, this time. Oh, you're not working. I thought you no. said you were afraid of losing your job or. Uh... No, everything that I was afraid of has already occurred. Oh, the worst. All my worst fears have already occurred. So, what yeah. do they say? That old uh, Janis Joplin song, "Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm over it now. It's like it already happened. Everything happened. Nobody um, can take any more from you. So now a, yeah, I'm at ground zero. I'm at ground zero right now. Totally. Okay, which is better than negative, and and now you can start moving up. Is there is there work potential? Is there money potential? It sounds like by anticipating this settlement, sometimes you can't work because you're waiting for some kind of settlement, and and often that impedes your ability to do something about improving your situation now. And I'm not saying. Don't do anything to jeopardize whatever this settlement is, but at the same time, you've got to live today also. And if you're turning down opportunities, I, I don't see that as good psychologically. And there might be a potential to bring money in then that you're avoiding. You're very careful, I get the sense, uh, that you don't want to jeopardize uh, this big thing that you're anticipating. And I think it's coming, but it, it it might not be as big as you're thinking that you would be set for life. So I think you should take the little steps along the way, and then when it comes, it's great. You know, it's gravy. Right. That's just well, the I sense agree I with get. you, uh, Dr. Cirillo, about, uh, you know, if and when this, this settlement does come in, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, $20 million that you could retire in style for the rest of your life. Exactly. But, but it does feel like it's going to certainly give her – that cushion and let her, you know, if it's, you know, get a, 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 you know, a new apartment, a house, whatever it is that she needs, the immediate things. You know, one thing I want to say about um, job opportunities, it almost feels to me that a contact um, somehow uh, distantly affiliated with your old job. So in other words, what it feels to me is that somebody was either outsourced or, or left the company um, where you worked before. No, I'm self. I'm self-employed. So it feels to me that it will be a, a contact or something with, um, you know, people that you used to work with that are, are actually going to be offering you the potential of either a job or some way to draw in additional income. Connections and that in feels the field. To me, I'm hearing three, so I'm going to say within three three weeks to three months. Without a doubt, another opportunity or another avenue for income is going to come in. doesn't feel to me it's that tremendous windfall, but it certainly feels to me, um, you know, a steady income will be coming in. 
Um, actually, I could re- retire on the settlement and live the rest of my life very comfortably. Okay, I'm getting the sense that 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 uh, Heather, that Heather, you feel that uh, it's not safe to actively look for any other thing right now because any little bit of money that you get might jeopardize this this settlement. I don't know whether it will or not, but then the reality is you need something to live on day by day, and that's why you're struggling. Is it really as unsafe as as you feel in to take work or to take work on the side if you're self-employed? No, it's not unsafe at all. Okay, so you you can look for that in the meantime, and and you can find a, a way. I think you should focus on supporting yourself day by day, and then. Well, I'm I'm able to support myself day by day. Okay, but when the settlement comes, that's when you'll be able to uh, reclaim your old lifestyle, or, or it sounds like you're looking forward to a better lifestyle than, than you've ever had. So I could see why it, it would be that important to you. It's just that sometimes when you're waiting for something too much, you kind of put your life on hold, and I get a sense that you might be doing that. And, and from the other standpoint, too, from a spiritual and energy standpoint, when you want something um, the and I men- I've mentioned this many many times before on the air. Um, the energy that you're sending out is one of lack, and that actually is going to create delays in in actually manifesting the things that you desire. So um, you know, and, and I know it's a hard thing when you've gone through a lot of financial issues and you've basically, like you said, lost everything. Um, but if you can sort of you know find that comfort zone in where you are now. And focus on rebuilding, you know, like you say, you're able to, you know, support yourself right now and take care of things. Well, I own I own my house outright, and I have an income coming in now. So I'm fine. Well, good for you. Yeah. No, that is But good. I'm waiting. But I am waiting for this. It's a very, very large settlement, and I am waiting for it. And, I, you know, and, I went through a lot of said, hell. No, and as I said, waiting, to be in that state of wait and want is, is actually... Um, you know, actually slows down the process. Um, hopefully it will come through for you. I'm not seeing it in the immediate future, but based on what you're saying, just being as sure about it as you are, you're going to be radiating at the right frequency to draw it in. And you'll well, have I think the appropriate it's, it's supposed to probably settle in like six weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I just was calling to see if you guys could get confirmation well, on that. But what the other side does legally, lawyers are very tricky, and they postpone and postpone and postpone, and kind of it's the starve mouth principle, kind of make you. Yeah, but we're at the last. Money. We're at the very. We're at the very very last stages of it. There's. I've already spoken to my attorneys. There's no more delay. There's that. Well, this hope, is it. I hope that indeed it comes through as easily as you say. I don't see it, but that doesn't mean. I mean, there are times that I'm not right. So it, I could just not be picking up on it. Um, but, you know, let us know. Give us a call back when it does come through. Okay, thank you. All right, thank All right. you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, Frank, we don't have any more time, um, so we're going to have to start, you know, closing the show in a few minutes. But Dr. Cirillo, um, I'm blown away by your intuitive abilities these days. <laughs> I'm really oh, blown away by them because I don't usually have them that much except when I'm uh, guesting on with you. So what's going on here? Well, I feel, and this is something that um, I'm going to probably be do. I would like to do a show on in the future, but I occasionally do these web seminars 
um, where you actually learn to strengthen your intuition. My gut feeling is, though, you're coming into this with an open heart and just your 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 energy, your your you know your heart chakra and also your crown chakra. I feel is wide open, and that's just giving you the ability to really draw in the energy the same way that I do. You know, you open to the source, and the energy just actually flows in. But even you picking up, you know, that with that one caller regarding, you know, a um, you know Hawaiian or, or something of that nature, I think was unbelievable. You, you're blowing me away here. <laughs> well, you came up with Hawaii as far as the wedding, and then I came up with the human Hawaiian or Asian in, in life. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, some of her personality or speech made me think that her her attraction would be in that direction, but uh, this person was pretty open to a lot of different people, and I think we left her in a very good state, which right. always makes right. me feel good. I know. I got to tell you, it's fascinating listening to you both. It's just fascinating to hear both sides. I mean, I, I love it. To get well, the I think it's a wonderful them. thing, too, and, and honestly, like I said at the early part of the show, we've been getting such really positive feedback, and I'm so thrilled, Dr. Cirillo, that you have you know, decided that you will join us on a weekly basis here because, again, the, the, the sort of like the depth of the responses, I feel, is so incredible because you're picking up things that I'm not and you're seeing things in ways that I don't you know, when I'm just picking up the energy around it. So, I mean, I'm thrilled to have you here and as part of our team. Um, the the last caller that we had regarding the financial, um, you know, uh, the, the financial settlement that she was looking for, um, I know your take uh, is a little bit different than mine as far as where the energy is coming from or, you know, how I get any of this information. But how would you read the fact that I wasn't picking up on that at all? Well, I was not picking up on it in her voice, and uh, I was picking up on a sense that whatever it was that, that happened that would generate such a high settlement, obviously she went through a lot of pain and suffering, and there was this sense of anger and entitlement and, and that the universe wasn't fair and that this was going to equal things out. And she was entitled to this large settlement, but I got the sense that that large settlement was was uh, the most, the only important thing that you know that possibly there were other things going on around that that could uh, have have kept her career and her life and her interests going, and that and that she was kind of looking past all of that with her eye on the one goal, the one settlement, and it's never a good idea to be one track. You know- Legally, until the money is in the lawyer's account, you don't have it, <laughs> you know. And even then, there's <laughs> there possibly is a stopgap. It always comes out to a little to less than you think, and and later than you think. And by the time you get it, you almost don't need it anymore. And you know, it has to be seen as a gravy kind of thing. The people that are really desperate and need the money from a settlement are, are the ones who who can't get it or can't get much because they have to survive in the meantime. And Absolutely. there are so many postponements, and there's no way you or a lawyer or anybody can say that it's definite. And I think she's feeling this, but I think she's so angry with the sense of entitlement and with with the obstacles that usually come up in this kind of situation that that's really taken over 95% of her life. 
Right, I know, because honestly, I was confused too, because in in that heaviness and that feeling of strength, you know, being strangled, um, and when she had indicated that she had lost everything, and then she said, well, she has a house fully paid for, because I thought she said she lost her house. Yeah. Um, I was confused by her energy overall, so I, I, I don't know what I what I make of that whole call, but one thing for sure is I just didn't see it. I hope I'm wrong on that, but I just didn't see, you know, what it was that she's looking for in the time frame that she's looking for it. Oh, well, I saw a person wanted... that was battered around and that a lot of this pain and suffering was something in the sense of punitive damages to right. A, an out, a person or an outside thing, and you know that now she was. She said she was living somewhere else, and then she said she owned the house outright. Right. So right, right. So I, I don't. I'm confused by the call myself, and and perhaps that's why the information wasn't coming through clear, because it just feels like there's different, you know, different perspectives or something. I don't know. It was I got a sense there were things call. she was not doing because of looking forward to the settlement. Mm and feeling entitled and not wanting to jeopardize it in any way. I mean, just the fear about talking to us about it. She's anonymous here. You know, right. the lawyer can't be listening. I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Do we have a couple minutes for our announcements before we wrap up the show? Yeah, we we do. We do. Um, oh, I'm just trying to find the music. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone going to close the show, or am I doing it? Somebody right? mentioned something about announcements. Hello? Are, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've been doing them. I wasn't on the air. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember, those interested in hearing Jackie Barrett interview in its entirety, uh, the podcast or listen-on-demand interview will be available by the end of this week. Tune in next week, Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, for Dr. Lady for Lady Fontaine. Now I'm all flustered. And Dr. Jean Cirillo's titillating conversation and expert advice as they answer your questions live. Those interested in learning more about Dr. Cirillo, please visit her website at drjeantv.net. Her book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Self-Testing Your IQ, is available at bookstores now. Psychic, life coach, and animal communicator Rita Sandler will be joining us next Tuesday, January 19th at 11 p.m. Those interested in receiving a live psychic reading from Lady Fontaine should visit her website to schedule a reading or a life coaching session. Lady Fontaine is a certified master psychic and certified life coach. Visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter or Facebook for her latest announcements. Lady Fontaine will also be doing readings in person at Opal Moon in Croton on the Hudson, New York, on Saturday, January 23rd. You're interested in getting an in-person reading from Lady Fontaine, please call Opal Moon at 914-788-4955 to schedule an appointment. She's offering a one-time discount off her regular rates for readings done through Opal Moon. Those interested in learning more about Frank Todaro, that's me, please visit my website at frank-todaro.tv. This has been Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine. I'm Frank Todaro, reminding you to be good to each other and keep looking forward.